1: The wise rise up, see the signs of the times. If it's time, rise rise up, rise up. When death and hell dwell among all God's people, when those we chose and trusted have become completely corrupted and inherently evil, when the feast that feeds you. Starves our father's children When snuff porn and pedo forms Begin to get top billing Rise up when famine claims millions When justice gives blind eyes to billions When the Lord's anger is no longer feared If his protection is gone and your enemies are near If you've seen the sea spill over And the mountains shake, break, and fall If the moon ever turns blood red And you can't see the sun at all Rise up No matter if the prize is new to this high in the
2: on the Black Talk Radio Network, a
1: program that seeks to educate, inform,
2: and agitate on the issue of 21st century legalized slavery, hosted by social activist and spoken word poet Max Parkes and Black Talk Media Project founder Scotty Reed. On this program, we discuss recent news on legalized 21st century slavery and human trafficking as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution along with projects and people who helped combat it. Today is the August 29th, 2018 live broadcast of new abolitionist radio and we are nine days deep into the international prison strike to end modern day slavery we got a special broadcast planned for you today a discussion between prison and slavery abolitionists a much needed conversation among the frontline warriors and elders trying to get on the same page so we can win this fight together what is prison abolition what is slavery abolition What's the Difference? It's on tonight's menu of knowledge and understanding. Be sure to tell a friend to tune into this must-hear broadcast. Our guests in this discussion will be prison abolitionists Michael Vinson and Mama Condi. Michael Vinson is a former pre-trial detainee and member of the Central Ohio IWOC. His most recent article, called Ohio Prison Update, the Neighborhood Safety, Drug Treatment, and Rehabilitation Amendment exposes the reformist nature of a multi-million dollar ballot initiative aiming to liberate captives convicted of non-violent drug-related charges at the expense of criminalizing those who fall outside this narrow parameter. Mama Kandi is a Wichita citizen, a Pan-Africanist, Congress of Azania, member, and All-African People's Revolutionary Party member, and a conscious citizen of the Provisional Government, Republic of New Africa. Mama Kandi is the author of various articles, including the Mental Maladjustment of the African Personality, the Demystification of the Psychopathic Racial Behavior, and a book Analysis called Mumia Abu-Jamal cultural imperialism and the KKK courts. Now, on and near this day in history, on August 29th in 1533, Spanish conquistador Francisco Pizarro executed Atahualpa, the last Incan emperor. 180 Spanish conquistadors led by Pizarro destroyed the civilization after winning emperor's Atahualpa's trust, Pizarro laid an ambush for the Inca leader and his army, buckling under an assault by the terrifying Spanish artillery and cavalry. Thousands of Incans were slaughtered. Pizarro imprisoned Atahualpa, exacted a room full of gold as ransom for his life, and then treacherously executed him. Also on August 29, 2005, Hurricane Katrina slammed into the Gulf Coast. In addition to bringing devastation to the New Orleans area, the hurricane, came last, the hurricane caused damage along the coast of Mississippi and Alabama, as well as other parts of Louisiana. At least five policemen were convicted for racially targeting and murdering Black residents during the aftermath in the Danziger Bridge shootings. Lastly, on August 28th in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech at the Lincoln Memorial. In direct action news, the Right to Vote campaign needs your support. It's a nationwide campaign being initiated by people currently confined in the United States. The campaign grew out of the August 21st National Prison Strike demands, specifically point number 10, the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, Pre-trial detainees and so-called ex-felons Must be counted Representation is demanded Our abolitionist in profile tonight Is staunch Jewish abolitionist August Bondi, Who fought alongside John Brown in Kansas July 21st, 1833, Vienna, Austria To 1907, Leavenworth, Kansas A rider of the 21st Century Underground Railroad today is Johnny Edward TallBear, a member of the Iowa Tribe who was exonerated in June of 2018 after serving 26 years in prison for a murder DNA evidence proves he did not commit. As always we have little time and a lot to cover. So you can see the information in real time as we talk about the issues. Also remember to support our efforts by joining us as a member at the community.blacktalkradionetwork.com We need your help and support to continue Mm -hmm. You'll find the links for today's program on our Abolitionist Planning page which is available to BTR community members If you've got a question or comment you can call in at 704-802-5056 You can chat with us and others by logging in at uberconference.com Slash Black Talk Radio Network. Once again, I'm Max Parthas. What's happening, Brother Scotty?
0: The prison strike. That's what's happening. <laughs> that's <laughs> what's, what's happening. What's good, Max? Uh good, Man, good. It's a trying
2: time now. It's a lot going on. And that's why I'm really happy about today's program.
0: I'm I'm um looking forward to tonight's program, uh perhaps long um questions, some questions that I've had for a long time about prison abolition will be answered tonight. Uh, I've had conversations with other people and some of those conversations are coming to mind. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, But your what's in the news, excuse me, not what's in the news. I'm sorry, y'all. I engineer (laughs) so many different programs that sometimes I don't know which one I'm on. Uh, But Today in history, when you mentioned Hurricane Katrina, and I definitely remember the Danzinger uh, Bridge incident where you had the slave catchers firing on those who were fleeing the floodwaters trying to get across that bridge. I'm not sure how many of those uh, slave catchers were actually prosecuted for their crimes. I I just can't remember. I do know um, some were uh, brought uh, to trial. Um. Yeah, I remember that. But what I also remember about Hurricane Katrina is reading articles. Now, my memory is foggy on which state this was. I don't know if it was Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi. It was one of those three Um, that were using prisoners. To clean up the oil from the beaches and what have you, and those prisoners, like we hear these prisoners out there in California risking their lives fighting, fight uh, fires and what have you with this, um, you know, historic blaze that's been going on in California. You know, they saying that's historic. California's never been on fire like it's on fire now, but th- those prison firefighters getting paid a dollar a day—that was the rate that the prisoners were getting and I also remember the prisoners complaining about not being given protective gear adequate protective gear to protect them from that toxic sludge that washed up on those shores so I I, that just brings back some memories
2: yeah every time I think about that I also remember that I'm familiar with at least three of those prisoners who died While fighting those fires And I always wonder how they were treated After they died Were they buried in a prison Did their family get to come pick them up Or did they die as a hero And have their funeral and their family covered By the fire department Who risked their lives Right, right I mean, you know you're getting a dollar a day to fight fires and you die doing it. At least bury the uh, person with uh, honors, you know, and take care of the damn expenses.
0: I wonder if that's happening. Because there's at least three have died. I doubt it. I doubt it. I haven't seen any news coverage because I'm sure that that would be propaganda that would the state would make sure would get out there to encourage other prison slaves to volunteer. Oh, look, if you get killed, we're going to, uh let the firefighters be your pallbearers and the governor's going to come to your funeral and give this this nice speech about how you sacrificed your life for the citizens of California ain't none of that happening max none of it is happening
2: hey i threw in a couple of monkey wrenches today and
0: and really uh something that we've
2: never seen here before on new abolitionist radio but you know i i'm always research, researching and digging And going on And in order to show that this really is a issue That covers everybody I mean there is no absolutes Where it's all this, all that It affects everybody And because of that Our abolitionist in profile today Is a Jewish abolitionist The first ever that I have reported on here In new abolitionist radio And our rider of the Underground Railroad Of course is Johnny Edward TallBear Who is the first Native American To be exonerated for a crime He did not commit of murder
0: yeah, uh, real quick from the chat room, Otis, uh, one of our abolitionist comrades who who does research, he put in the chat also the Deepwater. Remember Deepwater Horizon that spill? I saw something about that the other day, but he said a uh, British Petroleum hired prison labor to clean up the spill while coastal residents yep. struggled, and BP did not pay those prisoners, and it was stated. Uh, This was in 2010, That is part of their sentence.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of horror stories that came out of Katrina. Not only did so many people get permanently displaced, but also there were reports of not just this killing by these police who shot and murdered two people because of the color of their skin, but also militias who were literally out hunting people and killing them. They'll never know how many people died. Even the cemeteries were washed away. Uh, It's just so many different horror stories Like the one I heard about this little girl Who was supposed to be 7 years old And her and her mother was out trying to get some bread From a store and she was shot by these White militias who called her looting
0: I remember those stories as well And
2: don't forget Ray Nagin And the corruption that was going on With all of that They were again making money off a tragedy
0: Right, right
2: so yeah, man, that's that's one thing And you know, one of the other things that I wanted to get out of the way In the early start of the program Before we bring in our guest uh, Is there's a lot of people out there Nowadays taking abolitionist Names in vain And when I'm talking about this, like you've heard about Nicki Minaj, uh, Kanye West You know, Nicki Minaj just announced that she's The new Harriet Tubman <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, really? Wh-
0: wh- where's she leading her people To debauchery Huh? Yeah, man, it's just shameful.
2: You know what I mean, and it shows. It's disrespectful. Historically illiterate.
0: It's disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. Of the
2: highest order, man. Of the highest
0: order. I mean, that's just as disrespectful as the United uh, or the Federal Reserve putting her image on a on a twenty dollar bill. That's that's disrespectful as well. So, But also, Max, I do want to say something real get it out of the way about the prison strike. I have days to where, of course, I'm I'm very happy. Um, We've seen coverage like we've seen, never seen before in terms of any time there was a strike. We know this isn't the first one. Uh, This is the second uh, nationwide strike that I know of. But there have also been individual strikes that have occurred like in Alabama led by free Alabama movement I remember the Georgia prisoners were striking as well um but never did they ever attract the type of media coverage that we are seeing now so I'm I'm elated by that you know Al Jazeera did a nice piece brought on um um, a prison slave, and I'm not being disrespectful. That's what the Constitution says they practice in slavery. So you know, I might as well use the proper terminology, and that's what Swift Justice tells people himself. I'm a slave. I'm a slave of, of the state of Alabama. Um, so Al Jazeera did a good job. Um, Be uh, what is it? British Broadcasting Corporation out of the UK. The Guardian out of the UK. Uh, the news has even reached uh occupied Palestine with Palestinian prisoners prisoners expressing their solidarity Canada as well um even some mainstream here in the United States that I thought would you know just keep covering it up, covering up this fact and so we've seen NBC News uh do some coverage in a couple of uh, USA today, but then, On the other side, the flip side of that, which I did a video documenting how these major publications targeting black people are ignoring the strike. Black journalists, even those who got kicked off of mainstream platforms and are now using new media like, you know, using YouTube to launch their own channels and what have they're ignoring it as well. I'm like, how, you know, do you not know the role of black journalists? We think of um, Frederick Douglass as strictly an abolitionist, but he was a journalist as well, as he was the editor and a writer for a newspaper. And just how black media, uh, we don't have terrestrial radio like we used to have, you know, on uh, independently in the black community that's been disappearing since the 1996 Telecommunication Act. But they played a big role in the civil rights movement, black power movement. You know, I read stories where Dr. King would, you know, uh, have an event planned and he it would be nothing for him to drop in at the local radio station and speak directly to the people. Um, we also had You know, I I pulled some covers of Ebony Magazine, how they was covering the civil rights movement and what have you. And while we don't have many black-owned publications because, you know, um, some of us, we build up our our media offerings and then we we cash in and sell it like BET did with Viacom and what have you, but they're still targeting black people. They're employing black writers and I'm like, how in the heck are you ignoring the largest movement for human rights, the largest movement to abolish slavery in in this modern period? During our lifetime, possibly, you know? Because I, I was born in 66, the year of the Panther. But, you know, uh, I don't remember much from back then, but I have, you know, through the internet, being able to research. And that max that still disappoints me to no end that the black outlets are pretty much blacking out. It's not our story totally, but we are the number one victims of modern slavery and human trafficking. And you would think that these outlets would, would be reporting, but they're not.
2: You know, I expected this thing to start expanding more and more. And as I uh, discussed with you on BTR news a few days ago, We may have to do this a few more times, you know, to finally break through. And you and I have been working at this just here on New Abolitionist Radio for going in seven years. So we're talking about it's possibly a decade of effort to finally get this thing to where we want it. Um, So with that being said, I've always been very concerned about the narrative that is being pushed, you know, because different people will push different narratives for their own agendas. And I've been able to identify At least four different narratives Maybe you or callers Or I guess may know more But the first one would be prison abolition The second one would be criminal justice reform The third one would be Thirteenth Amendment Constitutional slavery And the fourth one would be Prison slavery So those are the four that I have been able to identify Which is one of the reasons why I'm really concerned about it Like if you got four different narratives that means you got four different uh, number one goals. And it's really confusing. So we need to get on the same page. And if we can't get on the same page, we just need to take things over. <laughs> you know? I- I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of lies riding on the line.
0: Yeah. And
2: the three that I mentioned outside of 13th Amendment slavery, prison slavery does indicate a crime against humanity, but limited, limits it to prisons criminal justice reform doesn't recognize any crimes happening at all. And prison abolitionists, or we'll have them tell us about it today, but from what I understand, their premier goal is to abolish prisons in the United States. And at the same time, I have never been aware of them charging crimes against humanity as part of what it is they're fighting
0: You know, all of those things that you mentioned, if we want to say that they're different camps or whatever, there is some intersectionality. So I I do want to acknowledge that there is some intersectionality. Some of their goals are are the same as our goals as slavery abolitionists. Um, But there are some minor differences. And, you know, right now during this mass uprising, against slavery because the prisoners themselves have called it slavery. Um, Some of the spokesmen have pointed out the 13th Amendment, which legalized slavery or put it under new management, took it out of private uh, management and put it under governmental uh, management. But again, they let the private hands get back in it with the private prisons and what have you. But there is some intersectionality. But I feel with what's going on right now, we we need to be amplifying the message of slavery abolitionists just like the prisoners are focused on.
2: Well, Scotty, I would like to go ahead and start bringing on at least one of our guests. I know you have to call, call in uh, Mama Conti, but maybe Michael Vincent is already on the line. If you are, Michael, uh, just press star star to unmute yourself, and then we can uh,
0: oh, yeah, start man. with our so, conversation. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get my... Um Get Mama Condi's phone number. I forgot that you texted well, Let's get too. Michael first to make yeah. sure we got the first
2: one, right? Okay. Uh, is he there?
0: Uh yes. Six- yeah, revolutionary
2: greetings. This is
3: Michael Vincent <laughs> from 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 uh yeah. uh watch, watch talk, all the uh uh formerly or uh, commonly known as Columbus, Ohio, after that slave trader Christopher
2: Columbus. Yes, yes. Uh welcome to New Abolitionist Radio, Brother Michael Vincent, and thank you for uh volunteering to be a part of this conversation that is so needed i really appreciate you um what i'll do scotty is let me just do a reintroduction of both of them while you get mama condi on the line and then maybe we can hear her voice as well sound good uh, yes it, it, it's
0: just taking me a while <laughs> right. to load up facebook man you know how facebook do so i apologize again i told you i was having those technical issues and it just threw me out of whack but i'm working on pulling up her number now so okay i got it right here and let me um get to the board and call her go go ahead max
2: all right. Today, our guest is Michael Vincent. He's a former pretrial detainee and a member of the Central Ohio I-Walk. His most recent article, called "Ohio Pr- Ohio Prison Update: The Neighborhood Safety Drug Treatment and Rehabilitation Amendment," it exposes the reformist nature of multi-million-dollar ballot initiatives aiming to liberate captives convicted of nonviolent drug-related charges at the expense of criminalizing. Those who fall outside this narrow parameter. And of course, Scotty Reed is reaching out to Mama Condi, and she is a Wichita citizen, a Pan Africanist, a Congress of Azania member, and an All Africans People Revolutionary Party member, and a conscious citizen of the Provisional Government Republic of New Africa. Mama Condi is the author of various articles, including The Mental Maladjustment of the African Personality. Demystification of the psychotic, or uh, psychopathic racial behavior, in a book analysis called Mumia Abu Jamal: Cultural Imperialism and the KKK Courts. So, um, welcome to New Abolitionist Radio, Michael. Uh, if there's anything that you would like to add about uh, who you are or uh, point out, feel free.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. Um, you know, I got uh, some family members that's incarcerated too here in Ohio. Um, I'm not going to say their names and everything, but, you know, they got babies out here, um, and, um, you know, I'm not just, uh, you know, uh, fighting um, because I I feel like prison abolition is a political approach in order to uh, challenge power relationships uh, in society, but also doing this because I got a personal stake in this too, you know what I mean? And uh, another thing I I, want to say is just, uh, you know, like, with the nationwide prison strike, and there's a lot of attention on it, uh, we got some really uh, interesting demands. Um, you know, there's some demands that was drafted on the national level, but there was also some demands drafted on the state level here in Ohio back in 2016. Those demands still haven't been fulfilled, so I'm going to be speaking on those. But I'm also going to add my demand, too, which I, I think should be a universal demand amongst all freedom fighters, and, and, and that demand should be for the release of all political prisoners and prisoners of
2: war. Well, I'm in agreement with you on <laughs> that with, with, with us. We want to see at least 1.5 million people released from state and federal prisons. And we'd also like to see close to 8 million people who no longer are part of the jail industrial p- complex. Cause you know, 12 million people a year go through the jails alone and most of them are in there because they can't afford the bail which is a violation of the constitutional amendments to protect you from that i believe that's the eighth amendment that uh guarantees you a right of protection from excessive fees bails and fines and that's that's a huge problem so we're talking about collectively uh we like to see like 10 million people gain their freedom um, and that's not counting the people who will no longer enter into these systems, which, you know, could go up in the tens of millions.
0: Uh, Max, we do have our other guest on, on the line. And if she will accept awesome. my apologies for uh, getting her in late, uh, we're just uh, get getting started with the conversation. But Max, if you want to introduce her or allow her to introduce herself. Peace, uh, Mama Kandi, and welcome to New
2: Abolitionist Radio. <clears throat> we read a short uh, blurb from your bio, being a Wichita citizen, Pan-Africanist Congress of zania member, all Africans people, Republican Party member, conscious citizen of the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa, and the books and articles that you have uh, read. Uh, once again, I'd like to say welcome to the program, and if there's anything you'd like to add to uh, what I just mes- mentioned, feel free.
4: I thank you very very much I thank y'all for figuring out the technology for me um, I'd like to let your listeners know I am affectionately known as Mama Condi I'm blind and in spite of that I'm still in this fight
2: Mm-hmm. and writing books man that's it is uh, just so inspirational we appreciate you being here One of the things that I want to start with is just to be clear, um, because this is how how we uh, started this conversation. Both you and uh, Brother Michael are, consider yourself prison abolitionists, is that correct? Among other things, prison abolitionists. Yeah,
4: Michael Uh, does. I'll go along
2: with that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we're asking that because, you know, there's four different narratives right now that are in play during the prison strike and their fight to end modern day slavery. And we named the four different uh, narratives earlier. That would be, of course, prison abolition. Then you have uh criminal justice reform, and then you have 13th Amendment constitutional slavery, and then you also have prison slavery. So those are the four narratives, and we're kind of trying to just bring this thing together because we we really have a lot in common. I mean, a lot of the same things we all want, but I'm not so sure that the ultimate goals are all the same. And when it comes to things like prison reform, people who are uh, criminal justice reformists don't see what is occurring as a crime against humanity where people should be held responsible. Instead, they see it as a mistake over time and errors in judgment that can be corrected over time. So, um, would you like to add anything to that?
4: Um, I, I guess for me, then, there would be a fifth choice. And that is a systemic override to just a systemic override. Uh, yes, to just um, okay. um, get rid of the entire system of which the prison industrial complex is merely a faction of the infrastructure. So I think that um, in order to be successful. It's like thinking that the issues are segregative. And if we just uh, fix, reform, ameliorate, uh, get rid of one part of that segregative piece, then it'll be okay. And you can't do that. It has never worked, it will never work, so it's a a systemic problem. The whole thing has gotta be gotten rid of and, and
5: are you talking about a revolution
0: to overthrow the u s government and dismantle what I call it a corporation because it incorporated in eighteen seventy one I believe but are are you know you can speak plainly here. Uh, there's no censorship here. Uh, we consider ourselves revolutionaries and I have, um, actually used to produce a radio program a few years ago with some of your Black Panther comrades. And one of the terms that they said to me that make a lot of sense is pending revolution. We want to do these things pending a revolution where we can get rid of the, uh, corrupt system known as USA Inc. as I call it.
4: Well I think we all have a role to play and I know there are some avenging angels who will be doing that. The work that I do is of guardian angelship and I'm working on building our own sovereign nation. So I have I have no qualms with those of us revolutionaries who see the other thing as the only option, because they won't leave us alone otherwise. <laughs> what do you do? What do you What do you do with with a wicked, evil, systemic parasite that just won't stop? It, it would be different if it would stop, but it's not going to stop. So the only option we have is to stop it. So there are those of us who do that work and then there are those of us who are building our own sovereign nation so that we will have uh, somewhere else to be a citizen when we stop
2: The illusion Of citizenship Well uh, Mama Condi uh, I appreciate that I I certainly do and your understanding I'd like to give an opportunity to uh, Brother Michael to uh, participate In this portion of the conversation as well And then I'd like to ask a couple of questions And I'm sure Scotty has some as well So Brother Michael If so Yes would you like to Uh, add something To this part of the conversation
3: Well uh, you. Yeah, as as uh, Mama Condi uh, mentioned um, about you know the need to define some roles and, and uh, work on community building, I, I feel like that's an important project. Whether you consider yourself to be a 13th slavery uh, abolitionist or a prison slavery abolitionist or a prison a criminal justice reformist or a prison abolitionist, or somebody who just wants to destroy the entire pie, right? Because uh, the, the, there's two uh, dynamics at play. You know, one is, is destroying it, and then the other one is building um, a, a world uh, where we, uh, you know, have people who could participate in decisions that affect their daily lives. You know, building a world where uh, people have equal access to the social and material resources that they need to live a flourishing life and build a world where, uh, you know, future generations have access to those things, you know, because we, we also have to factor uh, climate collapse, you know, the, the, the collapse of, of ecosystems into our analysis um, of this. So, yeah, that's uh, one thing I wanted to mention. And then another thing, um, before I forget, uh, one of the, uh, the speakers, I think it was Brother Scotty was mentioning something about pretrial a detention, and you know that, that that's real important for us um, as, as prison abolitionists to address. Um, I know you all have had some debates or some, some misunderstandings with people who don't understand what the exception clause is all about, but there's another exception that a lot of people don't know about. It's called uh, the housekeeping exception, right? And so, like, you don't even have to be convicted of a crime in order to have your labor forced. You know what I'm saying? If if you, you sitting up in jail because you can't afford bail, um, they could force you to keep your cage clean. You know what I mean? And so that's a big problem, and we also uh need to address that. But then uh the final thing that I would I would like to talk about before I pass the mic over to y'all, is that um I I think it's important to to highlight the differences between these five different approaches, you know, with the two types of slavery. And the the criminal justice reform and the prison abolition and, and destroying the whole pot, Uh that's all good. Like sometimes that's really needed, especially when these different movement movements step on each other's toes. But I feel like the focal point should be to uh, highlight not what makes us different, but what makes us similar. We don't do a whole lot of that. So with that said, I'm gonna go ahead and pass the mic. Um, I appreciate Max. that,
0: brother Michael. Max, Scotty, go
2: ahead.
0: Yeah, if I may respond. Um, we've had this platform for a number of years, New Abolitionist Radio. We we specifically identify ourselves as slavery abolitionists, and that and most of the people in the world seem to believe that slavery has been abolished. That after the Civil War, old good old Lincoln Uh, in the people of Congress passed the 13th Amendment and slavery's been abolished. That's been the narrative through the education system, through the entertainment system, through the news media, through all of their different avenues of communicating messages to the masses. And that's a flat out lie. How you cannot abolish something and carve out an exception, you know, that throws people right back into that, what you claim that you abolished. So that's been our whole goal is to bring awareness that the United States has not abolished slavery. And I think um, in the past six seasons that we've been on air, that we have accomplished that goal. We've even had Venezuela point to the 13th Amendment in a a United Nations peer review with the United States and told them, y'all still practicing slavery. Look at the 13th Amendment. Um, We've had solidarity expressed, well, to me personally about it, uh, from from revolutionaries that are in Cuba right now, um, I'm trying to think of it. Some other people who have brought it up on on the world stage. I'm talking about nation states. So that was our goal. Our, our, was public awareness because, you know, if the public isn't aware of a problem or something is occurring, then, of course, then they can't implement any solutions because you're not even aware of a problem. So that is why this platform was was created in 2013, and we named it New Abolitionist Radio. Uh, What Michael just said about uh, pre-detainees, pre-detention, not being, that's something we always cover as well. And I would point out that that is in the 10 points that the prisoners themselves have put out in the national prison strike. Um, I uh, recorded myself calling my county jail, and I encourage others to call their county jail and ask them if pre, uh, um, I'm choking on my words, but if those who are in jail because they can't get out on bail or bail has been denied to them, but have yet to be convicted of any crime in an election year, are you giving them access to absentee ballots? I recorded a call to the local county jail. I was passed around to four different people. Nobody could answer the question. It was like they didn't even know what I was talking about. I had to break it down to them and speak very slowly like I was explaining something to my six-year-old grandchild. And so the answer was no, they're not. We had a, a, a listener in New York call a jail there and said that the prisoners have to request the absentee ballot, okay? And and if they don't, then, you know, we're not telling them. So they're not even telling these pretrial detainees, that's the word, the pretrial detainees, that if they choose to vote, if they're eligible to vote, that they can still vote while they in that jail. That's a violation of their constitutional rights. And when people talk about voter suppression, we hear like out of Georgia, they're closing all the polling stations in uh, the African-American communities Well, they was able to fight that battle and get those polling stations open. But Uh, Even Michelle Obama was out there pushing, uh, you know, let's make sure we get out here and vote. But nobody except for the prisoners themselves in this national strike have pointed out that voter suppression is happening in the jails with these pretrial detainees. So we we do acknowledge them as slaves as well in this system. And, And they're slaves like... Um, Angela Chan, who is an Asian immigration attorney, who penned the article a couple of years ago, that the 13th Amendment never abolished slavery, but she said in terms of these refugees slash immigrants, they haven't been convicted of a crime, and but yet they're being thrown into these private prisons and work like slaves, and that's in violation of the Constitution and what have you. So so yeah, it's it's lots of it's just so many different issues and there's plenty um, that I'm sure that these different movements agree upon thank you
2: may I respond yes Mama Condi feel free
4: thank you Um, as you may or may not know uh, in 2001 I was attacked by the state of Ohio uh They came in, carted me off the jail, threw me in solitary confinement. I didn't find out for three days why I was even there. When I did find out why I was there, I had been given a eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. Mm. There was a white girl in Montgomery County who was accused of two, two murders. She got a $150,000 bond. So, of course, the question I asked was, who did I kill eight and a half times? (laughs) I was, I, I had three felonies. I had allegedly, uh, uh, chain locked my son in the basement for six months and it was just really interesting and that pre-child piece they don't let you vote they don't let you do anything they don't even answer the questions that we ask you know because it was coming up on election time and I wanted to vote and they they just didn't answer my question at all I put it in writing I'd scream and holler. Um, In the time that I was incarcerated prior to going to court, I went from 148 pounds to 76 pounds upon release. They were trying to give me double life plus 18 years. Well, of course, if I couldn't do six months without losing half my weight, double life wasn't gonna happen. They had a year. That's that was it. And I had already made peace, let go and 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 faced the most high and said, I'm ready. And the ancestors sent me back. Wow. They said, You might be ready, but we're not ready for you. And so I've been in this fight. And I part of the reason they came and locked me up was because I provided a safe house for young teens. Um, I have a library in my home. Um, I had an educational space in my home. I built five independent African-centered schools, K through 12, and co-authored the curriculum for the same. K through twelve African Senator, Pan African. They came after me because I do book studies and I write articles and I do lectures and I I work in my community as well as with other brothers and sisters who are also fighting on all the various levels. To get our people free From this oppression and imperialism Enslavement that we're going through That was their way of trying to stop You know, our work So the pretrial, I'm very familiar with that Very familiar And it, it took quite a while Before they brought the bond down far enough that I was willing to let my people gather the funds, I told everybody who supported me, don't send a dime. We're not giving them $850,000. That's BS. We're not doing it. My children were furious with me because in the meantime, I'm dying. I relinquished.
2: Thank you, Mama Condi, for your contribution. I would like uh, to also say thank you for your sacrifice and continued commitment to the cause of freedom and liberation for your people.
0: I would like to um, echo those sentiments, Max, as she was telling that story. It just reminded me of what J. Edgar Hoover said about why the Black Panther Party was the greatest threat to the United States and it was because they was feeding children and educating children giving political education classes and and, and what have you so yes thank you for your sacrifice
4: before I add to the black Panther Party, Philadelphia 1968 word I go back a long way
2: before I add to the conversation I have to ask a couple questions really quick uh, first of you, Mama Condi. Is it alright that I continue to call you Mama Kandi?
4: Yes, I'm affectionately known as Mama Kandi My name oh. is Elder Queen Commander Chekempt Moot Kandi Kante Bay Which means, well, the elder part and the queen is, is known I got that uh, queen title from the Black Dragon unit of the Black Liberation Army. I also got my commander status from that work and in the Black Panther Party. Um, Shekhimt Moot is High Priestess Mama. And then, of course, my name, Dante Bay.
2: Thank you for explaining that to us. I appreciate it. My other question is for Scotty Reed. (laughs) Scotty Reed, it's already about 10 minutes to 9, and I don't know uh, quite how much time we have left, so, uh, if we go over, is that all right with you, Scotty? Um, and I don't it, mean over ten. I mean over our normal interview time.
0: Uh yes. Well, I was trying to communicate in the chat to you, so I don't know if you got you know the board open. Yeah. But I'm I was going just, through
2: all the different articles. So yeah, I was just
0: like, I was, just, I them, was just saying that we may have to just skip the news articles and you know just say the last ten minutes for our regular segments the writer in abolitionists and, you know, just keep this conversation going as long um, as it naturally may go.
2: All right. Uh, so Michael and Mama Condi, is that okay with you if we continue for a little while?
4: From here. All right.
2: Awesome. All, awesome. All right. Great. We appreciate having you here. As I said, for me, one of the things that I want to do is get on the same page about certain things. And I'd also like to add some uh, observations to some of the comments that were already uh, mentioned. When you talked about them giving you an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars bail, that's one of the issues that we tend to point out all the time, that these are illegal, unconstitutional crimes against humanity. In the entire world, there are, there are only two countries on Earth that use bail for profit. And that's one of those is the United States. The other is the Philippines. So that right there, all across the globe, people are like, that's illegal. It's immoral. It's unjust. But here we are experiencing it. And, of course, with you, a blind elder in the community, set in a freaking solitary confinement with near a million dollars in ridiculous
0: which is torture so, please point out the international uh community of psychologists and chi- psychiatrists torture. said that uh solitary confinement just 24 hours of solitary confinement can leave a long-lasting uh, uh psychological damage on the individual so that's torture
2: in an instance yeah. like mama condi experience that is attempted murder that's what it is because uh exactly. really was risking her life, and she could have died. So that's attempted murder. And when we talked about uh, the jail where people now, uh, the United States government is just skipping the 13th Amendment altogether and getting you before you ever c- get convicted of anything. They have the uh, immigrant detention centers where the people being housed there are working for a dollar an hour, and they sued the government Uh, And it looks like they're going to be successful in proving that the government is using slave labor. And these are people who aren't even citizens. They don't have the rights that we have, and they're not uh, affected by the 13th Amendment's Exception Clause. And then the people who are citizens, they end up in places like chicken farms, working for free in order to avoid jail time. So, again, you haven't been convicted, but you might be working for Coca-Cola for nothing or a chicken farm in South Carolina for nothing. This is all an exploitive system of slavery. And one of the ways that we really can connect the dots today is with the discovery of the mass graves in Sugar Land, Texas, where they found uh, several hundred bodies of convict leasing victims who had been former slaves that were rearrested, then sent out to uh Sugarland, Texas to work on sugarcane and sugar fields for free. And that was the uh, continuation of slavery as it is allowed through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. We're working on a very rough time schedule in regards to slavery abolitionists. And I say that because the only way we really can end the legal slavery Is through a convention of states That process could take As much as a decade Unfortunately and maybe Fortunately I'm not quite sure yet There is a movement that has been going on Called the convention of states But it's being run by right wing republicans Primarily and there is nobody uh, Of color Or really representing the poor The oppressed within this organization They need a total of Mm. I believe 34 states approval In order to open up the the U.S. Constitution for reinterpretation. They're at 34 right now. They're only two states away from opening up the U.S. Constitution for reinterpretation and only involving people who are right-wing Republicans, straight-up racists, or just white people in general. There's no Um, representation. So for us, it's almost a dangerous time schedule.
0: Max, um, I just have to correct you right quick lovingly, brother. There are two ways to amend the Constitution. The Constitution Article provides that an amendment may be pro- proposed either by the Congress with a two thirds majority vote in both the House of Representatives and the Senate, or the second way, which you just described the Constitutional Convention, which right wingers backed by people like the Co- billionaires, like the Koch brothers are just two states away, and we remember were reporting when this first started, but um, the whole purpose of calling for congressional hearings, which the Human Rights Network is working on, and we hope that will happen this year, is to move Congress to uh, propose an amendment to the 13th Amendment, removing that legal loophole that allows for slavery and involuntary servitude. Absolutely, Scotty, and
2: you are right. There are only two ways, and you just named them. And in the individual states are trying to do theirs now, like Colorado, for instance, with Amendment A, to take the exception clause out of their state constitution. I have a couple of questions for both of you, and I'll start with you, Michael. Um, do you believe that the what Mama Conde called the prison industrial complex is a crime against humanity, as defined by the United Nations?
3: Absolutely
2: Uh, No doubt I'm glad that you were pretty clear about that Mama Condi would you say the same thing? (laughs) That's just laughable I I know it is But I gotta say
4: To think think that it isn't Is just You know mm, mm, An enigma How about that?
2: So I would surmise that the two of you Would just look at proponents of criminal justice reform as people who are not focusing on the problem, right? If if it's a crime against humanity, you don't reform that, right? You can't reform a crime against humanity, or can you? Are you aware of any way that you can reform a crime against humanity?
4: Not that I know of you, Mikhail.
2: Exactly. So that means that already one of the voices in this narrative don't count, <laughs> you know? So here, let me ask you the second question. And again, it's a stupid question, but it needs to be asked. Michael, when did slavery end in the United States? Never, ever, ever. It didn't happen, <laughs> Mama Condi. When did slavery end in the United States? Oh, sweetie, I laid up
4: in the in my own urine for five days. It wouldn't give me my wheelchair. That's my response to that.
2: See, we're the three of you here now Are in agreement on two particular details One, it's a crime against humanity Two, it's slavery because slavery never ended Alright, Scotty Would you like to ask any questions um, And I'll follow up afterwards
0: Oh no, I don't have any questions at this time
2: Alright, so before I do follow up Mama Condi or Michael, would you like to Add anything else to that Ooh, uh,
3: Yeah, I got Go ahead, so Mike. much to talk about So, um like y'all kind of jumped into like strategies and stuff, but I wanted to get back to the analysis. Um, and this this whole idea that you got a bunch of morons and dumbasses in the world that uh, are, are slavery denialists. Um, and so I, I feel like we just need to like you know do a little bit of like basic education on like what the uh like like what what the comparisons or the similarities between you know the chattel slavery that they saw on the Roots movie and. Uh, the prison slavery or uh, uh, the chain gang shit, you know what I'm saying? That 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 that's, that's out of uh, plain sight. So, um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people know um, is that captives or incarcerated people are coerced to work. They're forced to work against their will, right? There's not a whole lot of objections to that. I have heard some people say, well, they they could just not work. But, I mean, the rebuttal to that is what? I mean, what happens when you refuse to work? It's send your ass to solitary confinement, which I mentioned earlier. So, that's one similarity, right? But, there's like other different things that are similar to chattel slavery and incarceration today that people don't talk about. So, for one, is captives are dependent on their captors, their slave masters for the basic supply of needs like food, clothing, shelter, feminine hygiene products. There there was like a big ass campaign in Arizona because women weren't getting feminine hygiene products. All right. Um, so yeah, that's another thing. Like, like human beings, like every human being should have access to quality food. You know, I mean, when Mama Connie was talking about, she lost a whole lot of weight. You know what I'm saying? When she was in a joint, it's because the the food sucks. Like, one of the <laughs> demands of uh, uh uh that Prison Rebels drafted back in 2016 was to terminate the contract with Aramark, right? Cause uh the food that um Aramar uh provides like it had rat poison it, in it. Yeah, it, literally it had has,
0: rat
2: poison in it and rotten
3: freaking meat. It got rocks in the food. Like you bite on the food and you break your fucking teeth. And because uh you know like, medical care, dental care sucks in the prison, you know what I mean? Like ain't ain't no telling when you, you gonna get your teeth fixed. Right? So, um, I mean, like, it's got fly larva has been found in the fucking food. Um, you know what I mean? The food sticks. Hey, and, and Mike, I'm um,
0: sorry. If, if I may yeah. interject, try to keep the language clean. I know I said there's no censorship, but we do have, you know, minors and their parents. This is like a family program. So, we probably should have let you know that from Jump Street. Um, You know, but, I mean, you all good. Just want, you know, to let you know that we may have some children listening.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, yeah, no cursing. uh, But, yeah, back to the food. Um,
0: Mike, I I would... Let me interject this. There is no difference. We can just simply say there's no difference. There's the rate that goes on. Guard the, the... The teenagers in Michigan just filed a lawsuit because of the rape. And I'm not just talking about prisoner-on-prisoner rape. I'm talking about guards raping prisoners, male guards and female guards raping prisoners. Uh, Guards who, uh, this was also in Michigan in the women's prison, who hog-tied women for three days. Hog-tied them, left them laying on the cold floor of their cells until they acquiesced sexually. Uh, Guards trading Feminine hygiene products for sex. There is no difference. Torture, rape, beatings, murders, there is no difference between what I call pre-American Civil War slavery and post-American Civil War slavery. Um, The only difference was is that back then, individuals could keep, keep victims of slavery on their property. Uh, the Civil War and the Thirteenth Amendment changed that. Now they got to be housed on state property, but we will lease you out, you know, uh, on the chain gangs to go help build the railroad or to go work in the mines, or. But there's no difference, Michael. I think we could some agree to sum it up like that for the sake of time. There's no difference. Well,
3: well uh, um, in, in one sense I agree with you, but then another sense I might have to object, um, and, and the reason is because. Um, it, it, obviously um, our analysis is not the same because if it was, we would be reaching uh, the same conclusions about what needs to be done and uh, from my experience uh, people who um, identify slavery abolitionists uh, their, their analysis has yielded uh, some, some, some uh, responses that I find to be reactionary so uh, I'm just going to give you an example of, of, like, of like what, the, what that looks like uh, some people who identify as slavery abolitionists, they uh, supported what was known as the First Step Act. Now, are y'all familiar with that? The what? It's called the First Step Act. It was a, a federal piece of legislation that was like going through Congress and shit. As you know, Donald Trump, uh, sorry for the cursor, but yeah, Donald Trump was, uh, what was promoting it, Van
2: Jones was was no
0: we no not, no it, no, that wasn't it, us. no I don't no. know who that was it, the it, only a, a we were slavery abolitionists what? there people can call themselves what they want to call themselves like some people say I'm a muslim but they don't follow the tenets of islam people can say they're christians but they don't follow the teachings of christ i suspect there's some people out there calling themselves slavery abolitionists but they're not trying to abolish slavery okay we point we are we make no bones about it we want to end slavery. I don't think that it should be no complicated definition of what slavery is. And we want to abolish slavery. But I don't mean to cut you off, Mike. we at the top of the hour. We need to take a station identification break. Max, I uh, also want to let you know there's a caller on the board. Um,
2: All right. So, so what we'll do is let's go ahead and take our identification break. When we come back, we'll let Michael finish his thought. And then we'll bring in our caller. And then I want to add something to the conversation. So you're listening to New Abolitionist Radio here on the Black Talk Radio Network, where we're talking about modern-day slavery and human trafficking, and we're having a conversation amongst abolitionists. We'll be right
0: back after these messages. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com.
2: Peace and welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio, Brother Michael. Did you want to finish your thoughts from the last uh, statements?
3: Uh yes, yes. Um, so I, I want to go ahead and wrap up this this, this short uh, comparison between chattel slavery and um, 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 you know prison slavery today because uh, I feel like it's really important. So um, you know, one thing that like we don't really talk about a lot is uh this 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 control issue where uh incarcerated people are subordinated to the will of of other people you know what I mean uh and I think that's real important because uh you know the daily routines uh of incarcerated people are determined uh by the the, the COs the correctional officers the pigs and uh this will to control this is a this is a power dynamic that we need to challenge. You know, uh, I feel like people should be be, be able to make decisions um, that that affect their daily lives. Um, and, and, and this is, I mean, this, this is real, real, real important when we talk about um, because somebody mentioned like immigration earlier. Um, refugees, and, you know, I called, call them refugees. Like when, when we talk about that, we we got to talk about settler colonialism. And when we talk about settler colonialism we got to talk about how uh uncle sam you know he's not my mm-hmm. uncle but that, they uncle use in, incarceration as a way to to purge to eliminate uh to contain Genocide? to cage eliminate disappear entire groups of people you know because they don't conform to settler colonial mm-hmm. norms right and um how, one of the ways they do this is that they isolate people from the general population. And this is another characteristic that's similar um, um, to, to chattel slavery. So, you know, you have all these different characteristics that are, are similar, and yet you got people that are still denying that slavery exists. It's because they don't even really understand, like, chattel slavery. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel like education is important for but... us. Um, I got a whole I lot of other comments. Agree. I wanted to talk about the, the whole issue with the rape uh, because, you
2: know, we got a Might demand for the whole kind of Mike, if I may interject before you continue, we really haven't had the opportunity to compare chattel slavery to prison slavery at the moment, we just you, it's just you talking right now, so we haven't had that opportunity
0: we well let me let me let me simplify things, and I agree with the education and outside of this conversation we are having, I've had conversations with other people. The reason why there's miscommunication between people is we don't know the definition of words or we make up new definitions. For existing words. And this is particularly a problem I found in what's known as the counter racist community when they take existing words and give them new definitions. Well, if I know the dictionary definition of a word and then you're using it with a totally different definition that I'm not aware of and the rest of the people I ain't aware of, there's going to be miscommunication. There is a definition for chattel. Chattel refers to personal items as opposed to actual land and property. It was once used to describe slaves and cattle, which is why referring to something or someone as chattel isn't very nice. You're essentially saying they're just property, somehow less than human. As was pointed out by a person, uh, Scott Brewer, who's running in District 33, for the House of Representatives in Alabama, as he pointed out on New Abolitionist Radio last week, the state calls inmates state property. They are state property. Even when I, and and people who know me or known all these years know I take no pride in being an ignorant young man who served six years in the United States military. But one of the first thing they told me just out of basic training was that I was property of the United States government. That's what that dog tag meant. So chattel is is basically just human property and that exists to this day with the state calling them property of the state.
2: All right. Thank you, Scotty. Um, so, uh, Michael, if you want to finish off as briefly as you can, and then maybe we could bring that caller in, yeah, and then we got I want two to get callers to now. Something, and I know Mama Condi wants to say a little bit more as well. So, Michael, the floor is yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I just
3: wanted to uh, touch up on um, the the issues of uh, sexual violence, and then the issue of solitary confinement. I'll do be real brief. Um, so, um, you know, according to a study. Um, conjugal um uh, visit. sorry about that. Visit. All right, that was me. Uh, yeah, sorry, like, about that. um, yeah. According to um, a, a recent study, um, it, it shows that uh, conjugal visitations they actually reduce uh, sexual violence inside the prison. Um, so like, I know when, when they passed the Prison Rape Elimination Act. Um, I mean, which is a joke. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a whole a whole lot of states uh, um allow um, incarcerated people to have conjugal visits, non discriminatory con- conjugal visits. And then after they pass that, um, they they start taking them away. So there's only like a handful of states right now that offer that. Um, and, and yet they're still scratching their heads, talking about they want to uh, do something uh, serious to address to violence, right? And then another thing I want to talk about on that point before I start talking about solitary confinement is uh, the, the reformists. So <clears throat> we, I, we really got to talk about um, like like what do we do? Um, and like say we're going to create a world without prisons. Well, what are we going to do with people who rape folks? And uh, what, one of the, the, the false assumptions that a lot of people are operating under that we need to challenge is that prison and incarceration and, and police uh, they actually exacerbate uh, the threat of se- sexual violence. It, 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 do- it doesn't prevent it. It, it makes it worse. Um, you know, And to, to suggest that prison is the solution to that problem, especially when the majority of people that are going to prison are coming back home, you know what I'm saying, to live in your communities, it's just, it's idiotic. It's so stupid. It's, it's real ignorant. So we need to challenge that. Um, and I would love to talk about that later, but I'm just going to talk about the solitary confinement thing So that's one of our demands. Uh, when I say I'm talking about uh, Prison rebels in struggle here in Ohio, you know, uh, it's to end long-term solitary confinement um, Because this is a, a violent a human rights violation. I think somebody um, asked the question, you know as far as like Do do prison abolitionists address crimes against humanity? Definitely they, they address crimes against humanity and I mean I'm just gonna miss you like one example. Um the Jericho movement, they're submitting a proposal right now to campaign the United Nations and in, international jurors to initiate a formal investigation <coughs> on United States human rights violations of political prisoners. So uh, you know, with that said, I'm gonna go ahead and uh pause my mic
0: and, and pass it off to y'all. All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, Max, before we bring in the callers oldest. I saw you unmute yourself. We're not go to the other caller. But real quick to Mike, the U.N. has already addressed solitary confinement. They sent over a rapporteur. I can't remember his name. He toured the prisons. And he said that solitary confinement is torture. It's already recognized as torture and a human rights violation by the international community. The question is, is... Like I say, okay, it's all well and fine for the U.N. to say this and that. And that's good. That's good. okay, because we get we document these crimes before a world body. But if you ain't got no enforcement arm, what good is your words? Are you going to make the United States adhere to the Universal Declaration of United States of um, excuse me, Universal Declaration of Human Rights? Are you going to start sanctioning the United States like the United States likes to put throw sanctions on the rest of the world? So without, are you going to send U.N. peacekeepers here to end slavery? So uh, I, I, I'm with you, bro, on that. I'm with you on that. But we got a caller. Your number is unknown, uh, but you unmuted yourself. You know who you are. Uh, give us your name or pseudonym and go ahead with your question or comment. Thanks for calling in and, and listening to New Abolitionist Radio.
6: Thank you, sir. This would be Jay Skills. And listening to Michael agree with him on one point that he mentioned over and over and that would be education now as you know and Max knows I've been incarcerated before okay and the education part opposed to worrying about visits worrying about rec time or anything else I spent my time in the law library which is what took me from 25 years of life to two years The other thing as far as education is concerned, which goes back to the sister that was on the line, is, excuse me, what most people who are just incarcerated before being convicted don't get is a lawyer is only as good as the information that you give them. And Every 45 days, because I I heard the sister say her bail was $850,000. My bail was a million and a half. Every 45 days, you you can go for what's called a bond reduction. And Michael can tell you if I'm wrong or not. And you keep dropping it down and you keep dropping it down every 45 days. But the bottom line is it's a bunch of BS to begin with. It's what's called an unduly bond. Now, when we speak about Modern day slavery You know, I I had to Work when I was incarcerated Although I did not get convicted I had to work For 35 I'm sorry $13.16 per week For the David Letterman show So I know what both of them Are talking about And I just I really want to say I agree with both of them. I really agree with Michael. People need to educate themselves. And that's all I have to say. I'll just listen. I'll mute myself.
3: Yes, yeah, hello, brother. Appreciate
2: your comment. Right. Thank you for your call. Um, Mama uh, Condi, I know you've been sitting patiently. Oh, uh, Max, I'd like to ask, Max,
0: well, real quick, real quick on the education piece. That's among the list of demands. By the prisoners in this nationwide pale strike grins. is restoration of the Pale Grants. Yep.
2: Well, Mama Conde, as I said, I know you've been sitting patiently and we appreciate you greatly. So, did you want to add something to the conversation before I got in?
4: Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. um, what Jay Skills just said, there's so much, y'all cover a lot, and I think it's beautiful. What Jay Skills mm-hmm. just said about every 45 days. That's what happened with me. Every forty-five days, my bond went from eight hundred and fifty thousand down to one hundred and fifty thousand, down to a hundred thousand, down to twenty thousand. And at that point, I told everybody, "Now you can raise my bond." They had the money in an hour. Two
2: thousand
4: dollars, right? They had. Yep. They had the money in an hour. And what we also need to comprehend is, even though I was found not guilty, they keep 10% of your bond.
2: That's that's a racket. They keep
4: it. Not guilty don't mean a damn thing. Not only that, if you're not smart enough to know you need to uh, expunge your record, even though you were found not guilty, you can't all cost get money. a passport. You can't get Section 8 housing. You can't get food stamps. You can't teach children. You can't. I mean, it's like you were found guilty anyway. It's like you were found guilty because any form you fill out doesn't ask you were you found guilty. They ask, were you arrested? Mm-hmm. This That's why I said this whole thing is systemic. The way it's designed is to attack you from every possible angle. Um, another thing I wanted to share is I became familiar with y'all, Abolish Radio. I, I became familiar with y'all because I was on the executive level of the Millions for Prisoners March.
2: Uh-huh. And we were right at the
1: heart uh-huh. of that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: I was right there during that time as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And
4: um, it's also another thing I wanted to say was, as a multiply disabled person, female, black, incarcerated, it's like a quadruple whammy because uh, disabled people are not allowed to work at all. We we can't do anything. I was female. That that was an interesting challenge. And uh, I I low income. They look at us like, hmm. pray I, I had like like we're nothing. Expendable. Just disability means stupid. hmm. And. Uh, that brings me to one of the things that I do now, and that is I teach other brothers and sisters how to write affidavits and win their cases, awesome. because that's what I did. And so, I mean, I show them. I won't do it for them, but I'll show them all the pitfalls. Some I avoided. Some I fell in. Fine. But you keep moving. Mm. I show them so they'll know how to fight and win. Well, Mama Cundy, you, you 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 can't fight and win. I said, sweetie, you can't win if you don't fight.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
4: How about that?
0: Right, right. So um, that's
4: some of what I wanted to share. It's um it's this whole system is diabolical mm. and and we're up against it. From every possible angle. And as many of us as there is, even if we're coming from uh, slightly different angles and different thoughts about it, at least there's some effort being made. Yes, ma'am. And at some point, I'm, I'm not. It, part of the issue for me is with this, uh, if we get rid of the prison system and what we do with the so-called prisoners, I, I I struggle with that because I'm not an integrationist. And the solution I know for black people is what did Africans do? We didn't have prisons, but we did manage to control the criminals in our society. And there was no such thing as a criminal simply by the color of his skin. So, you know, and then, of course, the quality of melanin that African people have is, is a major factor because the criminal element is not as poignant because melanin controls moral character. So, you know, when you're dealing with other people other than us a whole lot of variables come into play. I would. The solution for us as black people is to do what we did in our antiquity. And it solves the problem. You know, in Senegal, they, they, they banish you. You don't exist. You don't exist. And that messes a person up. <laughs> they just don't exist anymore. To anybody, not their parents, not their siblings, not their husbands or wives or nobody. That is the prison that's who and there are others. Botswana, for example, their whole constitution and law, eighty five percent of it, is morally based. Not not even written down. It's verbal imagine. We can't even begin to imagine that kind of law, that kind of, 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 of controlling negative elements. We can't even begin to imagine that because we've got other ethnicities that don't even start. It's not even in their nature to have the quality of, of, of behavior that we start from. And it's only when we pattern ourselves after our oppressor, or what I call the original psychopath, it's when we pattern ourselves after them that we have all of these problems where the solution is concerned. I yield and I thank you for listening.
0: There's a Thank you, Condi. Oh, There's a couple of things I would like to touch upon that she brought up. The first thing that came to my mind was if we're going back to what Mike Michael was saying about the difference between what I call pre-Civil War American slavery and post-American Civil War slavery back then the victims of slavery were seen as valued property okay cause you had to pay for them you, you, even though you was doing the least you could do for their upkeep that still cost you and they were making you money so they were va- they were valued in that sense today Today, man, they don't care because they know they can just replace you easily. So that's the difference Mm -hmm. between those different periods, uh, the different periods of slavery, is they, at least pre-American Civil War, they had some value to their captors. Today, they know, look, they start targeting them in, in elementary school, setting up a sale for them, and what have you, you know, Um, The other thing, unfortunately, this new abolitionist movement is international. And we've had Africans, uh, particularly in Ghana, reach out to us to um, want to fly out Max and his wife because I can't go um, because I'm tied to the station and the work here, but want us to come there to educate them on abolitionism because the same system that is here mm-hmm. is spreading worldwide look up yeah. look up Uganda, look up Uganda, and you might find put in Uganda and cotton. Uganda has a cotton industry that's worth one billion a year, and guess who's picking the cotton? The prisoners in mm-hmm. the prison, so unfortunately, this system has its tentacles all over this globe, and and they're pushing their business model globally. And that's why this has to, this isn't just a movement for those of us in the belly of this beast known as USA, Inc. It's a global movement, okay? We know Australia also started as a penal colony, getting to, you know, what about the existence of prisons or not. Um, well, they used to get rid of their with their quote-unquote criminals too. That's how America got started, okay? Uh, or the United States, or the colonies. They sent them over here as indentured servants, or they sent them to Australia. Wiped out the Aboriginal, took his took uh, their land, and that was an entire penal colony. Right now, the GEO Group, a private prison enslaver, the second largest in the world, owns. Runs all the prisons in Australia right now, and as Max, I just saw Max, you pointed this out today or yesterday on social media. G4S, a UK based company, is the largest employer in Africa through prisons. That's, the this, thing, that's what we look at. Enslavement. It's
4: no different.
0: Yes, yes, it's no different now getting to the, the, this is where, okay, I don't get prison abolition. Now, I am for tearing down these existing prisons and building rehabilitation centers. Um, You know, often Norway or some of them European countries will come up where they have what looks like college dorms and what have you there does need to be a system of rehabilitation and i'm gonna say this because it's personal to me i had an uncle murdered when i was 13 years old by a person who was jealous of him always coveted his wife they got into a fist fight the guy lost my uncle who he was riding with was having car trouble they working on the car the dude comes up behind him and shoots him in his back kills him my my older cousins i was 13 at the time my older cousins they were ranging from age 17 to to 20 they came and picked me up with a car full of shotguns and we went hunting that dude okay we went hunting him and i and we weren't able to find him so some people might call that vigilantism That's what you used to have in the Wild West, a so-called frontier justice. We were looking for some justice. We wasn't going to let the police get them. We was going to get them. And so that's what I'm saying. You cannot commit crimes against another human being, a heinous crime like murder, like rape, like pedophilia. And... Yeah, even the Native Americans used to banish them from the tribe. You got to get up out of here. We don't we don't know where you're going, but you got to go. That's just not feasible. That that's just not feasible today. It's not feasible. And and so while I agree with the concept of abolishing prisons, these prisons as they are, these slave plantations as they are, For certain people, we have to remove them from the community and give them rehabilitative services, whether they do what they do because of cognitive disabilities. We know our people getting poisoned left and right through the environment, through lead in the paint, in the water, you know, so, so, but we got to rehabilitate these people. The prisons as they are right now are not rehabilitation. So I don't even know why they call them correctional facilities, okay? Cuz they're not correcting any type of behavior. And 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 also we feel like if we abolish slavery, we remove the profit incentive Therefore, it won't be that many people like that because the majority of the people in there did not rape anybody, did not murder anybody, did not rob anybody, did molest anybody's child. They're in there for nonviolent, victimless, so-called drug crimes or something like sex work, prostitution or whatnot. That's the vast majority of the prisons. We feel like abolishing slavery, removing that profit motive will lead to a reduction in the prisons, but... It shouldn't stop there. These 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 inhospitable, inhumane facilities, detention facilities, prison plantations have got to go. And something more humane for those who violate a member in our society, where they can go and get some help. I yield. And
4: the prisons have been privatized, so the new criminal are uh, that point zero one percent that owns everything. They 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 need to be incarcerated as well.
0: Oh yes because ma'am what
4: they're doing S- in the world is indeed criminal.
0: Yes ma'am. Yes ma'am. Max wrote a um essay called The Day Slavery Ended and it be- it began with a tribunal putting all these slavers and and these uh, war criminals on trial for their crimes. All right,
2: if I may get into the conversation at this point, um, I would like to ask a question and then I'd also, uh, like everyone else, be allowed to give my informed opinions and observations on the topic of the difference between slavery prior to the Emancipation and Slavery after. So I'll start with the question Because I want to keep you guys involved as much as possible You're not here every week So the question is, please tell me On behalf of prison abolitionists What is your primary concern Your primary goal And the way that you hope To make this thing occur uh, Mike, you want to start? Ooh.
3: Yeah, my primary concern Is reforming Controlling the narrative You need to get out the way, like so one of my questions is, uh, you know, like, what is slave slavery abolitionist position on on police and policing? Um, because <laughs> like, I, I
2: bump heads with a lot of folks over policing. They're slave catchers. Simple as that. Scotty, are they slave catchers?
0: There's that's what we call them. Hey, that's, that's what, what the, that's what they do. They don't catch criminals. They don't prevent crime. So they're slave catchers. That's what they do. Um, I've talked to former cops who said that we need peacekeepers we need peace officers whose primary uh job is to keep the peace to mediate in the community not catch slaves so you know in this period of modern slavery police operated slave catchers
2: okay continue mike uh, but that's yeah, what we so, I mean know. yeah I appreciate
3: that but I mean I still have concerns uh, because um, the the whole peacekeeping uh, mission, like you know, the, the I I feel like people don't really even understand what policing is all about. You know what I mean? Policing is a is a is a form of do, domestic warfare against indigenous communities, against people of African descent. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's about uh, cycling people in and out of this prison system. And um, there's no way to reform policing You know what so, I mean? You just what,
5: get what rid of you? it
3: completely And that's where I'm I'm running into a lot of problems right, with, Mike, with criminal justice reformers And with slavery abolitionists
2: Mike, we're limited on time tonight So what I'd like to do is offer you Because we've already talked separately There's a lot of questions that you have And I'd like to be given the opportunity to answer them so if we could talk after the program or within the next few days you can ask me all them questions but i'd like to just we've only got a few minutes left so i wanted to get an answer from you uh what is your prime concern and how do you expect to make that happen
3: yeah my prime concern is just uh, getting the performance out of the way so just challenging them from every angle i can um uh, you know i mean while, while we uh you know what i mean um basically focus on ruptural strategies. Um, so, you know, uh, I mean, we got a lot of different tactics that we employ to do that. Um, you know, we uh, I really like what Fred Hampton Jr. talks about with the one prisoner, one contact. Um, you know, getting people in the community to start recognizing the humanity of incarcerated people, uh, develop a correspondence. This goes back to what Mama Connie was talking about as far as like how important community building is in this process, you know what I mean? We got uh, to change the way that we relate to each other. The way that we relate to incarcerated people right now is all backwards. Uh, so we, we need to end that, and we need to start depending on each other. We we, we really need each other. Uh, incarcerated people got a lot to offer to people on the outside, and vice versa. It should be a, a mutually reciprocal relationship. So, uh, yeah, that... My, my goals, my goals, I'm just going to... I feel like, Absolutely. Yes. For prison abolitionism. Yeah. yeah. I mean short term goals right now is the, to to act this uh this neighborhood safety drug treatment and rehabilitation amendment that uh, the proponents of that are uh, people like Open Society Foundations, the George Searles money, the billionaire. My and, and you gotta excuse my language, but my 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 my, my perspective is that all billionaires are bastards. Okay, um, so they're funding this. They put $4 million in order to come in Ohio and try to dictate what's going on. They didn't really consult with people on the ground about it. You got a whole bunch of liberal activists, so-called criminal justice reformers, and they even identify as prison abolitionists, and they they co-sign this reformist agenda um, to to, uh, decarcerate. Uh, I mean, decarceration as a strategy. Uh, I feel like it's really problematic because it's a lot of liberals that's jumping on the decarceration uh, bandwagon. They got excited after they uh, read Michelle Alexander's book, and Michelle Alexander had a a lot of nice things to say, uh, but she was just wrong on some stuff, too. And, uh, you know, that's another one of my concerns is just, like, really challenging the narrative, the narrative that was put out by that 13th movie. You know what I mean? Like, if you ain't never, ever, ever heard of slavery or prisons or the problems with it, yeah, maybe it was okay, you know what I mean. But it was—it also did a whole lot of harm too, because um, n- none of the people that was interviewed on that advocated or, or, or like openly articulated the need to to destroy and dismantle the entire pie. None of them did that. So uh, yeah, that's another one of my concerns. But uh, my goal, yeah, this year is to ask that that ballot initiative that they got. Uh, I'm I'm asking people to vote no, um, on, 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 in November. On Ohio Issue One, vote no on that. And then, if you know, some people don't vote. You know what I mean? Like they just feel like, like, forget democracy, forget participating in the process. That's cool too. But we still got an obligation to stop ballot initiatives that cause harm to incarcerated people. So, we're also asking people to come out. Um, you could, uh, if you want details, if you in a local area, on how uh we, we could do uh, some 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 acts of civil disobedience and shut it down. That way, since they don't uh they they don't seem to understand. Uh, appeals to reason or appeals to force, get at me. Um, Our our email is uh, centralohioiowoc at riseup.net. So then another one of the goals is basically just to raise awareness about the demands of incarcerated people here in Ohio. You know, uh, we uh, got Iman Sadiq, Abdullah Hassan. He's up in the Supermax. This is the 25th anniversary of the Lucasville Uprising. It's one of the longest uprisings in in, in, uh, the history of the United States. And uh, it's, it's people that are still incarcerated because of that uprising. And, and we, we we trying to free free them from the cages. So that's one thing that's going on. We got uh, 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 incarcerated people in Toledo that are on hunger strike right now. You know what I mean? they they losing weight and, and, and putting their bodies on the line for this struggle. So we need to provide them with material support. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things going on this, uh, out, out on the West Coast. We got people who hey, hey, uh, I- no- are yeah,
2: go ahead. We could get all those links and provide them to our audience on New Abolitionist Radio. So shoot them all to me so we can show them how that they can support. I'd like to get the opportunity to get Mama Condi to answer the same question.
0: Oh, that's Max. Okay with you? I'm, I'm sorry, Max. Just after my, Mama Condi, I just want to let you know we got... Uh, two other, no, three other callers that would like to get in. That's been holding patiently. So right after Mama Condi, callers, we will come to you, starting with oldest, then Jenna, and then Tag. Okay, thank you very much, Mama Condi. I'll repeat the question. The question is, on behalf
2: of the prison abolitionist movement, what do you believe is the primary concern, and how do you expect to achieve that? Um, if you
4: don't mind. Because I have had an opportunity to speak and I do plan to call in to the show um often now that I have a number.
6: <laughs> awesome. I would like
4: to yield to the callers. Well, and if there's you, time less then I'll speak afterward. But I've had an opportunity to speak. They have not.
2: All right. Well we'll we'll take the one answer and I, I assume you agree with most of it, yes. All right. well, yes,
4: scus- I, think, I think the focus should be multifaceted. I, I, before I was incarcerated, I wrote to more than 50 brothers and sisters behind the wall because there was nobody else to do it. When I got incarcerated, I turned over my list to a bunch of sisters so that they could follow up and at least something was being done. So um, yeah, I pretty much I pretty much agree that that we're gonna have to try to cover as much as we can and focus on as much as we can. Thank but I'd heard. like to hear the callers. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty.
0: Yes, we're going go to go to Otis first. Otis, uh, thanks for hanging on patiently. Go ahead with your question or comment.
7: Did you unmute me, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now, just welcome home, brother. Okay, welcome, uh, gentlemen, I'm gonna try to keep it short because we're short on time. Neither slavery, nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to this jurisdiction. Those are 47 simple words, and I've heard everybody here tonight and I love all of y'all with family. Talk about the symptoms. I heard the young man in Ohio, uh, people don't understand what's going on in the prisons. I, the question i like to ask him is, why is it people in prison in America legally be treated that way? I just gave you the 47 words that explains exactly why their treatment is legal. Everything that has been talked about today, misses the point that all of it is legal. And the only way to stop it from being legal is to eliminate the exception clause that I just read to you. I agree that treatment of people who are imprisoned or incarcerated for whatever reason should all be treated humanely. But the exception clause allows the vile and humane treatment all of the people that are trying to reform prisons trying to change the way the judicial system works which is an atrocity of itself but it is all predicated on the legalization created by the 13th exception clause and we've talked about it nonstop here on this platform i've been with y'all for over five years and i want people to understand that nobody is telling you it's wrong it's just telling you you're treating the symptoms of something, when the disease is the exception clause. I yield.
0: Slavery. Thank you. Um, Very good.
4: Alex the thirteenth.
0: Um, next caller in line was Jenna. Jenna, thanks for hanging on patiently. Go ahead with your question or comment.
8: Greetings to all the, the guests and always the host. Uh, I have to second what what Brother Otis was saying. Uh, I personally uh, don't believe prison should be abolished until the slavery system has been abolished itself. And uh, and if I get, I'm, I'm sorry about butchering your name, Mama Diop, am I correct?
4: Oh, Mama Condi.
8: Condi. Mama Condi. Mama Kandi, my apologies Uh, I I like exactly what you said as far as uh, reaching out to the people you can't can't reform the prison system because the prison system is just that, it's a system it was put in place for a specific reason so you can't reform that you can reform the people though but it's a lot of people that's in prison that I knew when I was growing up and that, that I still know now who prefer to be in prison so the education part that has been repeated several times tonight is what's needed, but it's needed for the children because when these people come from prison
6: who enjoy
8: going back, they bring this same systematic thinking to the younger children and the young adults and they look forward to going to prison as a badge of honor. So that's the thing that needs to be reformed in and just eliminating everyone out of the prison system, I don't believe that that helps. Uh, Mama Kandi also mentioned uh, how things was done back in Africa. I know that's great, that's great to know, but I think it's a mistake to try to think in that way of life because the re- the reason I say that is because we have been so brainwashed throughout all of this time. In order to get back to that place, you have to eliminate everything prior to your starting point and I don't believe that that can happen so I have one question for everyone Uh, it doesn't have to be answered but this is something that has to be asked within yourself is there some uh, concise point that the prison abolitionists and the uh, slavery abolitionists can come to when they're uh, getting together to focus on because if not it's going to be a continued disagreement all the time over the the go, thank you for your time tonight, and I mute myself.
2: Thank you, Brother Jenna. appreciate you always, Scotty. another caller you said
0: I'm sorry, I have myself muted uh abolitionist comrade out of n y c tag is on the line uh go ahead tag thanks for joining in six four six maybe that's not tag I'm sorry six four six last four. 0636 oh, six. you unmuted yourself okay they they hung up uh let me see we got about four uh ten minutes left and okay go ahead six four six you're unmuted go ahead peace peace I, I was trying
5: to say I uh, absolutely appreciate it and just salute generally uh for whatever reason the call dropped on me just as uh, you had announced that um, you were taking the calls. So uh, such things occur, but uh, we move forward. I just want to say uh, just uh, again, salute, uh, particularly to you, Mama Condi. I just want to just say that, that you are an inspiration and it is you and, and your ilk, those who have been doing it and uh, paving the way that make it so necessary. Uh, particularly, uh, though for countless reasons, but particularly that uh, we trounced this uh, slavery system yesterday. Uh, I had a question, but it was answered during the uh, waiting period. So I appreciate that. So I just want to say, Brother Mike, uh, greatly appreciate your participation uh, on the broadcast tonight. I was going to ask what organization you were repping from because I got on the uh, Broadcast a bit late, but um, I heard that you're repping uh, IWAC Ohio. And so, if there's uh, you mentioned the IWAC contact, if there's a more direct contact that you would be willing to share, we greatly appreciate that. Um, and at any rate, uh, would certainly like to connect with you. The New York IWAC out here, the email address is IWAC.nyc at riseup.net. And uh, just, you know, looking toward uh, building with you um, if, if you see fit and just great discussion across the board, all of y'all, I, you know, co-sign what has been said. And I would just uh, point toward this question of chattel and uh, further uh, go into that definition by saying that uh, apparently that stems from this question of, the word capital if you you know go uh deeply into the roots of that term and brother right. scotty you've you know gone into uh, uh and as far as the, the the term capital itself we're talking about money uh funds you know principal assets etc so um just you know chattel slavery capital slavery slavery and capital are are inextricable as, as we all know and so just just great discussion i trying to focus on brevity uh, salute to all y'all and would greatly like to pick up the conversation further uh with you brother mike uh peace
0: yeah um one thing on the capital getting to the root word of, of capital um i can't remember who pointed this out but the latin root word for capital means head camp when time when that vicious child raping a racist slaver Thomas Jefferson was bragging to his fellow slavers about his capital he said for every child born on my plantation my wealth increases so capitalism is slavery if you want to get right down to the root of it Max and I'm and sorry we can't take any, Simmons, too. we can't take any more calls um tonight as we have another program coming up at 10 and we want to give Mama Condi and Mike to leave us with some final words Max if you don't mind we will just uh, save our abolitionist and Underground Railroad uh, rider for next week but of course we can share those on, on our uh, abolitionist profile okay Scotty
2: Mama Condi All right, this is
0: Elder Mama Condi
4: I'd in, like to invite uh, the listeners to go to condypages.com dot com, K H like in Harriet, A like an Apple, N like in Nancy, D like in David, I P like in Paul, A like an Apple, G like in George, E S like in Sam. dot com. That way you can get more insight into me and uh, some of the work that I have done and that I do. do. I'm also, along with everything else that I do, I am also a member of IWOC. And so I look forward and I thank y'all for this forum, this format, this station. Y'all are to be applauded. You're absolutely beautiful, and I love you. And thank you for making it so that elders like me know that our work is not in vain. I salute y'all.
0: Thank you very much. Much respect to you. Um, Mike, did you have some final thoughts you would like to leave the listeners and, and listen uh, and I was glad to hear Mama Condi say, you know, that she'll be joining us for future broadcasts. But the door is always open. We're on every week, every Wednesday night, at, starting at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. But, Mike, if you would, leave some final thoughts for the listeners tonight. So, Brad, on, Mike. Uh, Mike, are you there? Can hey, Y'all hear me? Uh, you sound very faint Yes, we hear you now.
3: All right. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to say a uh, salute to Mama Connie, a salute to our, our radio host. Um, gratitude. I appreciate that. Salute to uh, our accomplice out there in New York. Um, you asked the question about how to contact us. You can reach us on um, uh, Facebook. Uh, y'all know it's Facebook uh, at Official Central Ohio IWOC. You can also uh, reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Central Ohio IWOC. Um, and then our email address, Central Ohio IWOC at riseup.net. And if you are uh, on the inside and you listening to this, hit us up with the snail mail, P.O. Box 10282, Columbus, Ohio. Four, three, two, zero, one. so my final comment um i want to talk about this issue i think it was brother otis that mentioned it i can't remember but um it's about you know the exception clause um and, and that being a focal point and um uh i feel like yeah, we just we need to uh, use a, a whole range of, of tactics and strategies um it can't just be like a step-by-step approach okay like we all like the, the situation is so drastic right now. Like everybody just needs to get in and just do something. Okay. So if people want to uh, focus on symbiotic strategies, fine, do that. If people want to focus on interstitial strategies, do that. If people want to focus on russell strategies, do that. If you got the capacity to do all three, great. That's fantastic. But I do want to uh, bring up the uh, the issue that a lot of people feel like uh, it's, it's a waste of time to try to seek redress uh, within the, uh, the, the confines uh, of the United snakes of America. Uh, as far as, like, the, the uh you know I mean, their laws and everything. Uh, for one, you got this thing called selective enforcement. You can make all the laws you want, change all the laws you want, but who's going to be enforcing them, right? Uh, the police selectively enforce certain laws against black people, p- uh, indigenous people, queer people, you know what I'm saying? And they don't uh, enforce those laws in other areas. And why is that? It's because the agenda is about domination and control and – and, and colonialism. So another thing I want to address is uh, 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 a brother made a comment about uh, you know uh, African-centered consciousness, and that that's an imperative. You know, so right now a lot of people ha- have a Eurocentric consciousness, and, and and there's a reason why they come into all of these. Uh, they, they they got this messed up backwards analysis, um, and, and they don't really understand the history. Like they don't understand that uh, African civilizations. Uh, uh, did it better than any other uh group, especially Europeans. Uh, you know, we just look at uh what John Henry Clark uh said his analysis about Europeans. He said they ain't never produced no great civilizations because uh, uh, civilization is the act of being civil, and there's nothing civil about barbarism, genocide, you know what I mean. And uh, how they did it was they didn't rely on laws, they relied on something that's stronger than law, they relied on customs, all right, and that you know. You gotta have a culture in order to uh, to, to 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 build uh, customs that that keep folks from raping people. You know what I mean? Um, make people think twice before they abuse their child. You know, and it takes a few generations to build culture. So that's why education is important. And uh, you know, my final point is just uh, get out there and support. The prison strike is still going down. We approaching bloody September. This is the uh, anniversary of the Attica uprising. You know what I mean? Are uh, we closing out Black August? Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and commemorating uh, the, the the loss of, of freedom fighters like George Jackson and W. L. N- Nolan. And um, I, I just salute everybody out there that's putting in that work, that's sacrificing their blood and they they sweat and they tears for the struggle. I love y'all, revolutionary love, revolutionary salute peace.
0: Thank you, Mike. Max, um, I was thinking we might have had time to get into abolitionists uh, in profile, but we don't. We really don't. Uh, We got uh, Mind, Body, and Spirit coming up at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and they will be discussing Black August. And I believe the featured African spirit will be George Jackson, uh, Soledad brother, Black Panther. Uh, Max, my final comment. Let's go into our final comments. My final comment for tonight is that we must support these prisoners. We must keep pushing their list of demands. This is this current prison strike is prisoner led, and so I feel more than comfortable in letting them take the lead and just reiterating everything that they have demanded in their list of demands. And the other thing that I will point out is that, yes, we are educating the public that slavery was never abolished. Um, The prison strike is known internationally now. But the people who are in charge are ignoring it, acting like it don't exist. And so, therefore, we got to get up in their faces. We got these people that's campaigning out there right now, um, people celebrating Andrew Gilliam uh, winning the Democratic nomination for the governor of Florida. Florida is one of the most atrocious states when it comes to prison slavery. Matter of fact, it's the home of the GO group. And so we have to put these issues to these politicians and make them speak on it and make promises um, to our demand, towards our implementing our demands. Max. Max, you there?
2: You might have me muted, Scotty. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, we hear you now, Max. Max, we hear you. Okay, Max is having something going on with his system. Max. Are you there?
2: Scotty, I'm right here. Can you hear me?
0: I hear you now.
2: Yeah. OK, you guys, have, I think he's, he might have been muting me. No, but I wasn't. In any it. case, it's OK. There's literally, literally no time for me to say anything. So I just want to say thank you to our guests and callers participating in this call tonight in order to help bring some clarity. I want to continue this conversation next week with our guest, Lee Woods. And he is the founder of CAPS. And he'll be here as a representative for prison slavery next week so we can continue this conversation um i'll give my comments at that time until then remember this abolition is a reason for a revolution so we can finally know some peace peace
1: showtime. just lift your eyes up If his protection is gone and your enemies are near If you've seen the seas spill over And the mountains shake, break, and fall If the moon ever turns blood red And you can't see the sun at
7: all